Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey folks, it's your buddy Adam over at golfwithfilter.com. Welcome to the second episode of the Golf and Filter podcast this week. Uh, tonight we are welcoming Mr. Jimmy Ferguson from tigergolftraveler.com. Uh, Jimmy is a guy that I met on Twitter. Uh, we correspond every so often, most notably uh, Tuesday evenings on Golf Chat, hashtag Golf Chat, the one and only, damn it. Don't let any, uh, don't be fooled by any uh, impersonators. Uh, but at any rate, uh, Jimmy's on the show today to talk about a unique take on playing all of the top 100 golf courses for both Golf Magazine and Golf Digest. Yes, there are a lot of sites that uh, do the same thing, but he has, like I mentioned, a unique, a unique take on how he's wishing to. Uh, accomplish that task. So uh, in the meantime, uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. You can send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. And as I always say, we've got a Facebook fan page, Instagram, as well as Snapchat. If there is a uh, brand that you would like us to reach out to to get on the show for an interview much like this one that you're about to hear, let us know by any of those methods. If you are a brand that has a product or service that would like to tell the world about what you offer, reach out to us as well. We'd be more than happy to get you on the show. We try to keep these talks to about, you know, 25, 30 minutes because it's just about enough time to listen in a car ride, which is always great as well. So uh, other than that, looking forward to a great conversation again with Mr. Jimmy Ferguson from TigerGolfTraveler.com. Here we go. Well, we're waiting. All right, ladies and gents, uh, as I said in the introduction, we are welcoming Mr. Jimmy Ferguson of TigerGolfTraveler.com uh, on the show today. Jimmy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing really well, and thanks so much for agreeing to be on the show. Um, I know that uh, you've got an interesting story that I'm sure you're going to be able to tell our, our listeners all about, but first and foremost, before we get too deep into things, Jimmy, why don't you just let us know who you are, where you're from, and uh, what Tiger Golf Traveler is hoping to uh tell people about sure we'll give you the short version first uh like you said my name's jimmy ferguson i'm from south carolina um born and raised here uh family in new england but um born and raised in the south and uh tiger golf traveler the short elevator pitch version is i'm trying to play the top 100 golf courses in america based on multiple lists which we can get into later but um, it's kind of just a lifelong goal of playing them, and the website is just a place where I can kind of chronicle that. Helps me remember everything that that I've been doing, and just kind of a, a good way to share it with people who may be interested in doing the same thing, or just you know love to see good golf courses and maybe not be able to do it, you know, with travel restrictions and whatever. So that's kind of the short version of what I'm trying to do. Awesome, and it's a, certainly a uh, it's a feat. 
that you're attempting that certainly sparked my interest. And, and Jimmy, you and I have uh, spoken over Twitter a few times back and forth, which is how we mm-hmm. kind of got this call set up. And, yep. you know, uh, it, what's interesting about what you're trying to do is, uh, let's be honest, there are, there are other websites that have done similar uh, attempts at playing all of the top 100 golf courses. But you had mentioned what makes yours truly unique is that you're trying to do it based on the list of four different sources. Is that right? That's Yeah, that's correct. So I kind of, my interest was peaked. I mean, I've played golf since I was nine years old. I'm, I'm 31 now. And I mean, I've always loved to play different places, you know, from spending my summers up north and playing a lot around there and, and, and back home. And I never really thought about the top 100 thing. You know, I'd, I'd see it in Golf Digest when I was a teenager and, you know, kind of say, you know, whatever, Pebble Beach, Augusta, you know, it's all, it's all great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably, I don't know, three, four years ago, I, I happened upon some other websites doing similar things, um, reached out to some of them, got connected, have ended up playing with a few of them, and that just kind of piqued my interest of what I wanted to do. And that's kind of where I said, well, like you said, you know, there's there's other websites doing the same thing. What's going to make me different? Right. So I'm playing Golf Digest Top 100 in America, Golf Magazine's Top 100 in America, and then both of their Top 100 public lists. Wow. That's incredible. So. That, that is quite the uh, <laughs> that is quite the uh, achievement. It will, at least it will be once you succeed. Now, let's get the uh, the obvious question out of the way really early. How many of these courses have you actually played up to this point? Because that sounds like just a momentous ask. Yeah, it, it's nuts. So I officially started um, two years ago. Um, I gave myself credit for some of the ones I had already played, you know, from good, a financial good. standpoint. Um, so I think I, I'm an accountant by trade, so I'm kind of weird with spreadsheets and whatnot, but um, I think when I totaled it up, I had about 250 something when you, you know, cross reference the list and the overlap and all that. Mm-hmm. And I've played, uh, I think 53 or 54 of them so far. Oh, okay. So pretty good. Pretty yeah. good start there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a lifelong goal, but I've made some good progress here from the start. So. Wow. I don't even know if I've played 50 different golf courses, let alone 50 of the top <laughs> 250 or whatever it is that's incredible and folks, yeah. yeah listeners the the website again is tigergolftraveler.com and i'm assuming that tiger reference is to clemson is that right it's a little dual meaning um okay. it is it is definitely for clemson um as you know people visit the website they'll see a picture of me i'm decked out in my clemson stuff but it's also a little harken back to tiger woods he was my guy so Nice. Still is my guy if he ever comes back. But. <laughs> Same here, man. Same here, definitely. And I, I'll be honest. I mean, Tiger got me into writing about golf, talking about golf, and I think he's responsible for a lot of a lot of guys like you and me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So you've played fifty to between fifty to fifty-four of the. You said two hundred and fifty, if you cross-reference all the lists that you're you're uh, attempting. I'm yeah. looking looking at the course now, and it looks like. Based on what I see here, or I'm sorry, I'm looking at the website right now. It looks like you've played Marion, you've played uh, yep. you've played mm-hmm. Oak Hill, Pacific Dunes. Mm-hmm. Wow, just some of these big names that I would imagine were were they hard to get on? I I just I never understand how guys 
the regular Joes like me and you get on courses like this. Yeah, and that was that's kind of you know you got the ups and downs of doing this. I mean, it's a it's a great it's a great thing to try and do, but sometimes you you know you do you look at these lists and you're overwhelmed of how am I ever going to do this? And then I think one of the things that I've I've learned and kind of what I already knew, but golfers are really generous. Um, it it takes some time on your end, um, but you can get on to some of these places. And like you said, I mean, I am an average guy. I I joined a local private club last year, so I don't. I was never a you know an, a son of an Augusta member or you know something where you get you know if you're a member at one of these top 100s, it's it's easy to get you know be better connected. I, I don't have that, and I'm kind of trying to be an inspiration to people that don't have that too. So, you know, they're all kind of they're random occurrences. A lot of them. Um, so it's a lot of networking. Um, you'd be surprised how much Twitter and Instagram have helped. Really? I've played, I've played more than one course from social media. Um, you know, it, it, I think it, it helps having the website, you know, you know, a face to a name. So you're not some, you know, weirdo, Hey, can I come play your top 10 golf course? <laughs> um, cause you know, they're the, the members are, you know, they're protective of their course. They don't want to, they don't want to have somebody come out there and make them look bad. And I completely understand that. So it's, um, a lot of you know, I'm I'm not going to give away any of my sources, but I mean sure. I have I have played um, through Twitter communication, I've played through Instagram communication, and then some of the other is just friends of friends that I emailed or you know worked and just kind of said you know <laughs> there's a lot uh, you can gain from just asking sometimes, and you know some of these places are are they're exclusive no doubt but they're not unattainable now. <laughs> I mean, there's follow-up questions to that. Sure. But I yeah. haven't got to, you know, some of the, some of the crazy exclusive ones yet, but we're working on it. That's, you know, and that you'd be a good journalist. Cause I mean, first and foremost, it's, it's a, it's an old adage that I actually follow as well for my site. And as I'm sure uh, listeners of the, of this podcast know, we do a lot of equipment reviews on golf and film. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you know, you just kind of have to ask sometimes, and you know the, the worst thing that could happen is they tell you no. But the best thing, of course, is you get to try out something new, or in your case, you get to go play somewhere new and somewhere amazing that any people like myself would would ever you know just dream of playing. But have you ever had? I'm sure you've had some instances when you've been denied. Oh yeah, I mean, I've you know not outright denied yet. Um, but definitely, you know, some things I thought were going to come through that didn't, um, which is no fault of anybody, just, you know, circumstances and, and whatnot. But, um, I haven't been outright denied yet, knocking on wood, um, but unless, you know, I don't think any of these courses only have one member. So as long as I don't get denied by them all, I'll be okay. (laughs) That's a good plan. Just kind of ask as much as you can. So that's right. Ask everywhere but Augusta. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what I've heard actually. <laughs> that was actually one of my next questions. Is you know, obviously, when people hear of of uh, folks like yourself who try to you know play these these top courses, Augusta National has got to be at the top of that list, as is for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's probably other courses like that where it's probably very, uh, I don't know, impolite or 
improper or inappropriate to to ask, hey, can I come play? Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to you got to kind of gauge that just by who you're talking to. Um, you know, it kind of depends on how well you may know the member and you know, a lot of these places like the most of the top 10 or 20, I'm I'm not going to try and call their pro shop, you know. That works for some that works for some other golf courses, believe it or not. Really? But um, you know, not a place like Augusta, Cypress Point, you know, those type of places. Yeah, and so that's interesting what you just said. So how do the, walk us through how those conversations work? So you you uh, those that you call the the pro shop, um, you don't have sure. to, you don't have to give names or courses or anything of that nature. But how does that conversation begin, and how does it end normally? Sure. Um, so it's it's funny. There's kind of a range of of how open courses are. So as far as calling on the phone, a lot of times I'll have my PGA Pro for my home course call. That's okay. the best way because all those guys are connected. They all they don't all know each other, but they all know what each other is doing um, and they like to help out their members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's an easier route. Like if I said before, you know, if you are a member of another top 100 course, they, they do a lot of reciprocal play. You Believe it or not, it's a ton and I'm learning that more and more. Um, my club doesn't necessarily hold that same cachet as, you know, an Augusta or a Cypress Point, but for some of them, it does work. You know, my pro has called, um, gotten me on, uh, numerous places actually. Um, so, you know, sometimes that's not always the cheapest way to do it. Um, right. You know, cause you don't always get to play with a member and, um, sometimes you're by yourself, but it's for some of these places, you know, you know, across the country that I'm not going to know somebody there um, for however many years. It's it's a good way to try and gain entry. You know, it's a quick way sometimes to do it. That's actually a really smart way to get on and, and something I haven't heard before. Um, you know, and it's interesting as you're talking and I'm kind of looking through your site a little bit here. And, you know, one of the courses that you've played, Cog Hill, um, is actually down the street from where I'm sitting right now. And it's, it's one of my favorite courses ever. Um, and that actually yeah. took some finagling for me to get on uh, because, let's be honest, a lot of these courses, being what they are, come with premium mm-hmm. price tags. And I, I believe yeah. that I think Cock Hill is still $155, which in the whole grand scheme of things, for you know, compared to places like Pebble Beach and whatnot, that's, that's pocket change. But mm-hmm. – you know, you had mentioned that sometimes it's not always uh, the most uh, inexpensive route to go. I assume you have to, to pay to get on a lot of these courses, or do some places actually invite you as a guest? <laughs> so you got to pay for the vast majority of them. Uh, this, was <laughs> not the, this was not the cheapest endeavor I could have I could have taken on for my life. But um, golf is definitely one of the – it's probably the biggest thing I do from a hobby standpoint. So – allocating my disposable income to that is it was not a hard hard decision but yeah i've um i have played some for free um you know it's you know if that's if that's a possibility i always try to go for that you know but you're never gonna um you're never gonna ask for that certainly it's kind of one of those you know if it happens it happens and then you know going the other way playing unaccompanied somewhere you're gonna pay the the highest rate they got basically so right you kind of just got to take it take it how it comes that's interesting. And so 
because of that fact, and certainly, you know, playing free golf is always nice, but it's certainly not the goal, and, and that's clear on, yeah. on your site, you know. Um, how many – have you played multiple courses within a, a month, or is this something that you try to space out once per month? How many do you typically try to get uh, checked off your list in a year? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of – I've had loose goals of, what, like, what I want to do in a year. I, I think um, – I think when I kind of started out, I was thinking, you know, 15 um, a year. Mm, okay. And, you know, ideally it'd be 20, but, you know, I'm thinking hopefully I've got a long a long life ahead of me to try and do this. So, you know, that's going to – maybe it'll be a little quicker in the beginning, a little slower as I get to, towards some of the, the harder ones to get. But, yeah, as far as, as, far as bunching them together, um, my schedule at work is, is pretty flexible. Um, not compared to, you know, say a sales guy who gets to travel a lot or, or that kind of stuff, but um, I'm busy January to April with tax season and then some other parts of the year with other tax stuff. So I, I do get, uh, luckily, a good bit of time off because of the hours we put in. So when I'm taking vacations, I try to get as many as I can. And, I'll, I'll, you know, a lot of my vacations are based around, you know, top 100 clusters. So Right. Um I'm not always going, you know, I'm I'm not going to Mexico on vacation or you know, some of the other some of the other normal places I'm going to, you know, hopefully northern Michigan sometime, you know. So it's just it's just different uh it's different vacations than some people take. So I just try and, you know, make it as as streamlined as I can to get as many as I can when I'm somewhere. Well heck, it's a vacation I would love to go on. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you're doing you're doing the right thing. So, uh, and listeners, again, the uh, the website is TigerGolfTraveler.com. And, Jimmy, uh, you had mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation, uh, there's probably been some crazy stories that you've run into along your, your journey here of playing the top 100 courses on multiple lists. Uh, top of your head, is there anything that is the most memorable in terms of craziness that you've had to either jump, uh, loops you've had to jump through or anything of that nature to get onto a course? Um, let me see. You know, I think I've been surprisingly lucky as far as, you know, having to jump through hoops. No one's, no one's really made me feel, you know, uh, like some, you know, muni, muni golfer, you know, whatever negative connotation that shouldn't have. But, you know, I haven't really had to do any of that. But I think maybe the crazy, uh, the most interesting round I think I've had was probably at Pebble Beach. Mm. Um. I, as we talked about, this is an expensive thing to do, and usually, for I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily know, they think you got to stay at the resort to play Pebble Beach. Right. That's not true. Oh, really? Um, no, and that, you know, their resort, six, seven hundred dollars a night. I said, no oh. thank you to that. Right. So, I was in town for a wedding. I played Pebble Beach three years ago, um, and my wife and I decided to turn it into a, you know, a 10 day trip, you know, along the California coast or whatever. So we, I said, well, let's take the chance. I'm not staying in that resort for that money. I called it the, you, you can call them 24 hours ahead of time and they will, they'll get you off if there's availability. Um, so I was trying to play on a Monday, which helped. And I was a single. So that's the best possible scenario for me. Um, 
I called them at uh, 7.30 Sunday morning or 8 o'clock Sunday morning, and they put me in a tea time at 8.30 Monday morning. Wow. <laughs> and uh, the, funny, <laughs> the funniest part of that story is I was paired with um, three Japanese gentlemen who did not speak a word of English. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I couldn't have had more fun. I I didn't know what they were saying, but I got the general gist of what they were saying. And they were great. They were having a fun time. They were there on, a, I think it was a Toyota outing or something. And they had an interpreter on the first tee who introduced us. We took some pictures, and then he led us on our way, and we, we played the whole round. My wife walked with us. Um, their company had a professional photographer, took some pictures of us. It was It was a crazy story. Wow. So that's probably my favorite one. That was just a, it was a great day. And I carried my own bag. They were in carts and I just kind of got to take it all in, you know, walking with her and playing with them. It was really fun. Wow. That's amazing. And so they, they, you, you said that they allowed your wife to kind of ride along with you or walk along with you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Awesome. That's, uh, that's been kind of hit or miss on some courses. Um, it happens sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it's interesting because, Things like that, what you just mentioned, you know, these things that you, you don't really necessarily even know to ask a course, you know, can I have, like my wife plays and she's a good player, but, you know, mm-hmm. every so often I'm sure she would love to just kind of just go out and spend time. Um, and have you ever, in in all the courses you've played, that's a good example of what you just mentioned at Pebble, that they allowed you, your wife to kind of walk along with you. Were there any mm-hmm. other instances where you kind of discovered, hey, you know, that's, a, that's kind of a cool little thing that they'd let you do? Uh, something that perhaps someone who's purchasing a round of golf there wouldn't even know to ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is if, you know, you maybe your your spouse or your kid could go with you. I mean, I think that's the biggest one that I don't think people think about. They think it's, you know, golf only. And, you know, some places that has been the case. I've been asked, you know, yeah, she can come with you for 80 bucks. And I'm like, get out of here. Wow. But, um, you know, I, I think about that. um something else you know if you, if you do have a website or you got a podcast or whatever and you think you can't get on somewhere ask if they let media on the course ah. um that's one that i learned i'm taking notes as you uh, talk by the way <laughs> <laughs> um i played one particular course uh where i thought i would have had to had to stay at a resort um to play and that was thankfully not the case um through media so <laughs> nice um that's a good that's a good thing. Um but yeah, I mean I think the biggest thing that I've learned at a lot of these places is if you're respectful and you know, not acting like a jackass out there. Sure. You know, they're going to treat you like a member for a day. I've I've pretty much felt like that at every place that I've been. Um which has been which has been really eye-opening to me. I you know, I, you know, I think you can sometimes go into this with you know, maybe, you know, thinking a little negative about it, you know, these places are really exclusive and, and they are, but I've, I've so far found nothing but mostly, you know, I mean, great experiences and people treating me wonderful. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I can agree with that point. Definitely. It's, it's crazy how well and how hospitable a lot of these places are, even if for a day, like you mentioned, um, I've had the opportunity (laughs) to play a few, uh, a few great courses um, through the stuff that I do, and I 100% agree. They they 
even if just for that one day, <laughs> they'll they'll yeah. treat you like a king, and and it's great, and it's it's just a great experience all around. And and you know, Jimmy, you know, obviously wishing you the best of luck on your your continued journey. I, I'd love to check in with you from time to time just to see how you've been doing. Um, but in addition to your journey of playing all of these great top golf courses, you also are a bit of a writer yourself. And so on your site, again, TigerGolfTraveler.com, you also offer some opinion pieces on, on professional golf. And is that something that's always kind of been a, uh, a secondary hobby of, your, of yours? Or is that something that, I don't know, kind of was born out of developing this website to play all these golf courses? Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, I've, I've watched golf since probably since I started playing almost, you know, probably a little after I started playing. Um, Harkening back to kind of, you know, I was 12 years old when Tiger won his first Masters, so that's probably what I remember is starting to watch golf, and um, I've followed it ever since. I didn't really write about it uh, before the site ever, um, but I realized pretty quickly that I wasn't going to be able to, to play a top 100 golf course every week. I try to post every every Monday morning, mm-hmm. um, so I realized that wasn't going to be sustainable uh, every week, so... I thought, you know, what else can I, what else interests me? What else can I write about? Not just writing for something just to fill the space, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, pro golf has always interested me. Um, I think there's, I think there are less characters today than there used to be, but I think there are more than people give the sport credit for. Um, so, and I'm, I'm just really interested in this, the people that are on tour now. Um, so I found it easier to write about pro golf and tournaments than I did probably, you know, maybe when I, even when I started the site. So it's it's definitely uh I think you put it perfectly. It might not have as many characters as it once had, but certainly uh there are a few out there and we all saw a bunch of those characters at Rio this week. Uh did you have a chance to watch any <laughs> of the uh, the Olympic golf? I did. Um, I I didn't think I was gonna watch much. I was in the Rory McIlroy camp, you know. You know <laughs> not supposedly supposedly not gonna watch any golf, and then I saw that he watched a ton of it. So yeah. Um, I um I watched a little bit of the golf here and there. I was uh, working during the beginning, you know, part of the week, like most people. So I mean, I caught a little, you know, over over cereal and checking that out and being kind of disappointed in our fellow Americans at the beginning, but then I, I did watch the last round, most of it, um, or most of the leaders anyway, and um, seeing Kuchar come in there and kind of, I don't want to say backdoor a medal, but um, <laughs> it's classic, you know, as, as I'm sure you probably follow no laying up, you know, they, they love that. They're always giving him a hard time for the backdoor top 10, and he comes in and shoots 63 for a bronze, but I mean, it was, it was really cool to, I mean, you could tell before the Olympics, everybody's like, is this a big deal? And like you, I mean, you watched Stenson out there and Rose and Kuchar too. All, I mean, they were grinding. They wanted a medal and it was, it was pretty cool. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. So uh, it was, I think it, I think it went off great. I think it'll be great in Tokyo and I hope they keep it past then. You know, I have, I got to agree with you. And I was definitely in that same boat as you. <laughs> like I've talked about it on the podcast, even yesterday when I recorded uh, the last yeah. episode, I was like, you know, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't think it was worth anything, and I, I really enjoyed it, just like you said. I mean, I I don't think that besides watching Michael Phelps and swimming, 
watching yeah. gymnastics, which everyone watches. This is probably yeah. the most the third most enjoyable sport event that I watched so far at the Olympics, and it was just so surprising. And, and I'm, I agree with you. I, I'm looking forward to it in Tokyo, and I do hope that they keep it on somehow. Sadly, I think they're going to have to get a lot of the big names in Tokyo. Um, but from my understanding, yeah. next year, they actually make the, de- the, the decision if it's going to extend past Tokyo. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Definitely. I mean, I, I think they're going to be in Tokyo. I think the guys are going to show up. I, I think, you know, a lot was made about how Rio was going to be and all the negatives. And, you know, you know, some of that stuff was probably true. But I think a lot of the guys sitting at home watching that feel they made a mistake that didn't go. I think I think they've honestly got to feel like that if they're being if they're being true to themselves. There's no way they can say different, but that's just me. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people agree with you, and I know I do. So, before I let you go, Jimmy, uh, and again, folks, uh, Jimmy Ferguson. He is the host. He is the writer. He is the owner. I guess you could say all those things of Tiger Golf. Everything. Traveler, yeah. Everything of TigerGolfTraveler.com. Uh, what has been your favorite course that you've played? Oh, the eternal question. Yeah. That's that one is so hard for me and I say this every time when I talk to somebody, um, because they are all so very good. Um it's tough. Can I give you maybe the three that are my favorite today? Sure. Absolutely, go for it. Okay, and I may give you a dark horse fourth one too. Ooh. Um Marion is up there for me. Mm. Um it was the hardest 6,500 yard golf course I've ever played. <laughs> it was it was great, um, just old school, quirky in a good way. I played with a member, um, got a lot of the history of the course. Just a great experience. Had a great caddy. Um, just an awesome awesome time. Um, so that's one. All right. Pebble Beach for the story I mentioned before, and just playing Pebble Beach on PlayStation. You know, just everything that everything that every golfer associates with Pebble Beach, it lives up to the hype. Uh, you know, the ocean holes are spectacular. Sometimes it gets ragged on for its inland holes, but I mean, the place is just—it's good start to finish, and I had a great time. Um, let's see, third, I'll say from a, a recency standpoint because I played it recently, but Boston Golf Club was really awesome really uh not a lot of people may know that one it's a newer one built in 2004 or 5 i think um topical too because gil hans did that course also did the course in rio right um so i watching that was actually really cool because i saw a lot of the similarities um between the two courses so that's that's still in there for me and then kind of my dark horse that you know not everybody um I would say not everybody loves it. I don't. I don't know who doesn't. Um, but Pasa Tiempo in Santa Cruz, California. Oh yeah, is incredible. It's one of the few Alistair McKenzie public courses. Um, for those that don't know, Alistair McKenzie, Augusta National, Cypress right. Point. Um, little little <laughs> track that people. Ones. Yeah, little track people may have heard yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> you may have heard of. So he's done very few public tracks, and Pasa Tiempo is one of those. Um, and it's you know, I called up there when I was out there, got a tee time, went out and played it. And, I mean, the bunkering and the greens, I mean, it's not Augusta or Cypress Point, but it's 
uh, a pretty good representation of what he was about as an architect. So that's one that I mean, if, if you don't know about it or hadn't heard about it, check it out. If you're in if you're in that area, definitely definitely play it. Awesome, awesome. And folks, again, the the website is tigergolftraveler.com. Jimmy, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter is the only one that isn't spelled like TigerGolfTraveler.com. I think their uh, handle was wouldn't let me be long enough, so it's <laughs> TGR Golf Traveler. Uh, awesome. On Twitter, and then I'm on Instagram as well at Tiger Golf Traveler and the Facebook page and as well. So. Perfect. Well, Jimmy, thanks so much for being on. As I said earlier, uh, I'd like to check in with you from time to time, see how your progress is going, and. Uh, listeners definitely go out and check out all of uh, Jimmy's pictures on Instagram and follow him on Twitter. He's a fun guy as well. Definitely. Thank you very much. All right, listeners. And next week we will be back with another guest. Uh, Keep us in mind if you are a product or a brand that sells a product or service, reach out to us, reach out to me at golf unfiltered on Twitter or Adam at golf unfiltered.com via email. Until then, this is your buddy Adam signing off.